Blog Talk Radio. today. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. Um, Today we are going to talk about basically all of the shows that we've had up until now. Listen Give is realigning itself uh, to its mission and creating itself to really be in support of new artistry, youth, and nonprofit organizations that are truly making a difference globally in those areas of youth, arts, culture, and music, as well as, I said, musicians who are making a difference. My name is Gail Davis, and I am with the Goldwaters uh, GP Limited. I have been your host along with Jay Logan, and, and prior to that, our host was Ian Eisenberg and Jay Logan. We're going to be talking about various topics that we've talked about over the past few weeks and topics that really are uh, making a difference in the direction that this world is going. Also, where it's almost a free-for-all that people can really jump in right now and create new directions with technology for music and art and culture and youth, lifestyles, all of those things. You know, a lot of people have asked us, what kind of show is this? What is Listen Give really about? Listen Give really is a show that is really catering to people who are creative, as well as if you're an entrepreneur or if you're working nine to five. And what does it mean by that? Our show is dedicated to the creation of creativity. So if you're a writer, if you're someone starting a business, if you're a music artist, if you're a youth, especially youth and music and art and culture, and you're creating something in those areas, it's about us listening to it. How can you listen to writing? Writing, you have to listen to it as you read the the beautiful writing works of various writers. You're listening to it. You feel as though you're there. You know, people have often asked us, how can you listen to writing? Well, when you are writing, you are reading everything that that writer is sharing, and it's as though you're there in the moment. A new music works as well as the existing works of major artists and their nonprofit organizations. We're going to learn a lot over the next coming weeks. You'll find that Listen Give is going to its next level in revampment of what it's out there to serve, and we will be out there in the community over the next few weeks, I mean really out there in the community, finding out what musicians are doing, what new music is about to come out. The Olympics is also coming out, and we will be involved with that as well. So there's a lot of amazing things happening over the next coming weeks. And 
our radio show is designed to really bring news at its, I guess, news at its fullness to you. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on our co-host, uh, Jay Logan, in a few minutes. And we're going to talk about the various topics that's been going on this week in the past few weeks and also the various uh, music artists of our time now from the Beyonce, Beyonce to Lady Gaga to um, Gladys Knight. to and, and I mention people like Gladys Knight because those are people who are coming back from years ago and reestablishing themselves with shows like Dancing with the Stars. And then we have X Factor, and then we have America's Got Talent, and, you know, uh, American Idol, and just so many things that are happening in the music industry. Uh, the, the new iPad 3 is out. How is that going to make a difference in how we get our technology? How is it going to make a difference in our our daily writing and everything, looking also at the addictive behaviors that come behind using technology and why it's important that we stay with normal traditions in addition to the new tech revolution that has hit us and where we're going and how we can blend all of those together. And um, so without further ado, I'm going to invite Jay Logan to come on. Hi, Jay. Hello, hello, hello. I'm doing okay. Everything is wonderful. I'm glad to be on the show today, and I'm glad to talk to you, Gail. Um, been having a wonderful time out here in sunny, sunny California. We have some good weather finally. Everything is doing okay, and I'm glad that we have a wonderful audience here to share uh, the special show we have today. Um, got some good news for you too, guys out there. Well, I, got some, I don't know if it's good news. It's not good news for Apple, Gail. Um, Apple. Apple could be tripped up by something insignificant as an ebook deal because they made uh, some price fixing on some of the ebooks. And so some of the European publishers are threatening to sue Apple because of the ebook price fixing. So they're in- investigating Apple right now. And so hopefully Apple doesn't have to go through this, but right now I think they're in a little bit of trouble because of the price fixing. As simple as an ebook. What do you think about that, Gil? It's kind of strange that an e-book could take down the whole Apple thing. They're threatening to sue them over some of the publishers' price fixing. Um, I'm not, you know, it's, I, you know, right now I, I don't have a lot to say because I think that it's a wait and see. Okay. I definitely yeah. think it's a, I de- I definitely think it's a wait and see. We're in a position we're in a place right now where um technology there's so much coming out with technology. There's so many new apps coming out. Everyone is flooding the market at this time. And so it's hard to say what direction who's going to win, you know, where we're all going. Okay? Right. Um, it really is. Uh Apple is I think facing its biggest hurdles right now. You know, and, you know, speaking of Apple, you know, one of the things um, that the iPad 3 now is out, and I'm a huge proponent of the iPad. I have one myself. I definitely want the iPad 3. And one of the, the one of the issues that I'm facing looking at all the technology, I have a young niece who's beginning to write. She's, a, she's 12 years old, and she's an avid reader and, and, a, and a writer. And she writes better than most writers. People have seen her writing and cannot believe that she's 12 years old. And one of the things that she said is while she loves technology, 
She works in a library. At 12 years old, as a little volunteer, her parents allowed her to do it. And one of the things that she's sharing about technology, and she reads up on all of this stuff, even like what you're talking about with the e-books and all that. She loves reading about technology. She said, but she when she said when you hold a book in your hand, or when children are not having the the benefit of going into the library and seeing the wonders of the books, you can't sit on an iPad or a tablet and just keep scrolling through books, it's not the same experience. You know, like Harry Potter, it started in books. And when you go to the library, it's like the wonder of looking through all the Harry Potter books and having the opportunity to feel the book and read it and feel like you're right there with it. When you're on a device, you can read it, but it's not the same. And and I'm finding that parents are getting their their kids so involved with the technology that kids are skipping to the technology and not knowing how to express themselves with writing. There's something that technology does to the mind that doesn't give it the same creativity that the the brain does with writing. My niece tells me that she writes on the computer all the time, but she loves to write her th- her thoughts out on paper first because she can erase it and go back and look over it. And it's just something about seeing her own handwriting and everything, you know, and those are some of the things that as technology is moving forward, I have a concern about. I met an adult the other day, business-wise. He didn't, he said, Mm -hmm. excuse me, but I don't know how to write anymore. He said, my writing is atrocious. He said, but if you'd like me to speak into your phone or text you my information, I could. I said, oh my God, can you sign contracts? You know, (laughs) You know, I mean, it sounds funny, and, you know, on today's show, I'm a lot more serious than I usually am. One audience, please excuse me, because I'm really not feeling well today. But also because I'm really taking a look at really what's important. What's important, the, the, are we getting so far away from the basics of enjoying life that, you know, like what we stand for, Jay, here on Listen and Give, that our creativity is going out the window, there's some people who are real proponents of technology, and I'm, you know I love technology, but yeah. what are we losing? What are we losing when we don't balance both? We're losing the creativity. I mean, that's, uh, that's what we're losing. And I know you're a, you're a complete proponent of, you know, of um, technology, but I want to ask you, I mean, as much as you are a component of all the technology, when you write, where do you write from? Do you write by hand or do you use a computer when you write your music? I write by hand first and then I transfer it to a computer. So, so you do? You still do? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is um, I have a comrade. He refuses to get on stage with pre-recorded or without real musicians because he says he loses his soul for this. When he gets us on stage and sings, he uh, he loses that feeling, you know, the feeling. Even though it's pre-recorded or it's in a computer, just that's sort of thing when you have real live musicians. So another thing you want to have, you, the technology has taken a lot from that live and that real-time feeling, and that's why I, I, when I'm when I'm writing, I like to put stuff on paper first. And hey, it looks better on paper and feels better. And you can find your papers later, and you can improve on your papers. You know, if you take those notes, there's nothing like notes. And, you know, yeah, it's really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at Einstein. Einstein put everything on paper. 
and I know he was into technology, but he still put everything in notes and on paper. So we should never lose. We should never. I know we're trying to save trees, but we still should never lose the fact of actually organic creativity and being able to do things the old way. Because if we lose that, we lose sight of who we are and what we're trying to do. And uh, there's nothing like there's nothing like like you said having a book or having some notes or going through some old notes or old texts that you you know you find some stuff in your closet. Hey, look, I wrote this stuff down. You know, it's exciting. You know, a lot of times uh, your hard drive goes out, your computer goes out, or you didn't back it up. Your data, you lose everything. And and, and if I'm you write that. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I'm sorry, Jay, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You know, I speaking of what you said about going into the computer, one of the things that I've been looking at today was really, really interesting where they were talking about um, the fact of what we are experiencing like with Facebook. All right, Facebook is an amazing thing. It lets us connect with people all over the world. Everyone knows about Facebook, so we don't need to go into a long story about it. But I just read that Facebook, as you know, they've been going public, and they're about to, they're about to be put on NASDAQ, and that's all. I'm really glad they're expanding. My issue with Facebook, again, we talk about technology. Children are beginning to jump on Facebook. You know, mothers and fathers are like, you're okay, you can do it at 15. It's cool. I think it's really cool for them to be able to be on Facebook. I used to be against it, but I think it's actually a good idea. Here's the issue. Now that Facebook is going public, You've got, everyone is on Facebook. Our privacy every day is being cut down and cut down and cut down. Yesterday I checked, my, I have two Facebook accounts. I hope Facebook doesn't get on me, but I do. And one is like for my business colleagues and things that I want to share with them. It's, there's some personal things I share with them, but then there's like my real personal account. And I went to look at both accounts and from the public eye, some of it could still be seen. And you're sitting there playing around with your privacy filters and it's just changing the way that they continue to just, you know, share our information. So if it's doing that with me or it's doing that with you, what else, you know, 14, 15, 13-year-olds, they're not thinking. They just want to have some fun with their friends, okay? And But what personal information is being put out about those kids? Because if you remember, even jobs now are looking at the Facebook accounts. And in some cases, if you don't show them the Facebook accounts, they're not hiring you. So here is a 16, uh, someone who puts things on their Facebook when they're 13, 14, 15, and 16, not paying it any mind, you know? And then maybe just literally four years later from 17, you're an adult at 21. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're looking for a job. What happens? You know? All your private... Back into history. Exactly. And even if you're racist, what people don't realize on the internet, your history is never gone. Now... Folks, today, what Jay and I are sharing with you, you may say, what does this have to do with listen and give? Listening to the creativity and giving back has everything to do with it because part of the creativity of what you share online becomes public domain. Part of what you say that you want to do in life or what you're sharing becomes public, uh, public information. So what Jay and I are sharing about is if you're a parent listening, you need to be aware of what you're sharing as a parent and what you're sharing, your child is sharing. If you are one of those cool young ladies or guys between the ages of 12, seven, 12 to 17, you've got to get hit with what Jay and I are sharing with you because it. even though I know you guys like the latest music and things like that, you want to make sure your information is secure. 
So, you know, find places that you guys know that is really secure. And I think that's why, Jay, that's still the biggest thing, no matter how much we get far in technology, the biggest thing is if you have, if, if it's, you know, if from young to old, if you have an iPad, you can just download different apps that allow teenagers to actually, um, you know, communicate with one another. And mm-hmm. the other thing is, you know, texting. Most teenagers are still texting because they know that that's the one thing that they can keep private to themselves, and I think that's good. You know, we tend to think that our teenagers don't know what they're doing, but they do. They really do. Um, so there's just just so much that's happening. What uh, you know, anything else, Jay, that you want to say about that before we move on to our next topic? I'm so glad you asked because uh, basically what you're telling our audience is they're taking a digital blueprint of your life. And they're going to keep this digital blueprint print of you for the rest of your life. Anything you do, they're going to have and be able to use it either for you or against you. I don't know if I would like to ask the question, Gail, is that fair? Is it fair for them to take a digital blueprint and be able to have your, your, uh, your job or your friends be able to see into that window? I was wondering because I don't know if I want that digital blueprint, but pretty much nothing you can do about it at this point. It's interesting. I'm also looking at something else here. You know, we've been talking about the schools. You know, Jay, you're in San Francisco and I'm in New York, you know, and this is for all the students. This is for everyone. You know, you can, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, we support youth in a big way here at Listen Give. It really is about youth getting what they need. And there's a disparity. So this show will always be a place of self-expression, but not of politics. Uh, We will not be telling you what the, you know, people may make statements and we're not responsible for the the statements they make on air, but people are letting know ahead of time with some of the guests that we've had. And we had a very interesting guest by the name of Lachlan Arts. For president, you can find him on Facebook, which is literally Lachlan Arts, L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N, and then his last name is Arts, A-R-T-Z, for president. And his platform is not so much about winning the presidency as it is just bringing to attention to the things that people want to talk about. What the context, you know, this sounds airy fairy, but what the context of life is like, what is important to you, connecting with what's important to you and sharing that with other people. It's really not about winning the presidency as much as it is people sharing what's important to them and realizing that they have a voice. And here's where technology is so important, Jay, coming back to bringing us right back around circle. Technology now allows you, a young person, old person, college student, it doesn't matter, to have a voice, to speak, to sh- you know, there was a time where you could, you had, in order to get your writing out there as a creative person or your music, what did you have to do, Jay? You had to be with a music label or it was just hard. Now it's, it has ba- balanced so that young musicians uh, from schools and everywhere around the world can share their music with anybody in the world. You know what I mean? And it offers, it offers a vehicle for that. P- young people who want to be writers, their parents now can go online and work with them to put their writing up, and they can be, they can be um, anonymous, you know, and come out as someone else so that, you know, as a child they're not taken advantage of or exposed in a way that's not good. You know, and speaking of one of those things, too, uh, there is a new thing that's coming out now with regard to 
people speaking their minds, being able to do various things. There is a technology now that will talk about this. The there, there are different uh, apps for the iPad, which are like forty dollar apps that can help around test scores for high school students. And right now, there's about eighteen thousand schools that are preparing for the May's advanced placement programs, which bestow college credits on, you know, high scores. And what they're doing is it's, it's like they're prepping you, all right? They're literally prepping you. You know, almost like Khanna Academy helps you with what you need in terms of preparing you for school and so forth. Now, Khanna mm-hmm. Academy is great, but our Khan Academy is also doing things that are a little advanced sometimes for students on certain levels. And that's where, Jay, I think you and I can really get into a conversation around this, around the schools and so forth and economic levels. And I really wanted to speak to this because I think it's so important for every parent about to that's listening to the show to really listen to this piece of what Jay and I are going to share. In, on, on, in schools, there are varying levels of economics. And depending on where you are economically really dictates the neighborhood you live in and the school you go to. Am I correct, Jay? I mean... Yes, you are absolutely correct. And it affects students at different levels. If you are a student, if you're a student whose parents manage to live in a very, very middle-class neighborhood, because there's different levels of middle-class, and then there's poor, and then there's upper, lower, and middle middle middle-class. And we don't want to acknowledge that, but it is. So if you live in a neighborhood, let's say in New York, you know, um, if you're in New York, like in a New Jersey suburb of Jersey City, or in, uh, let's say, the village in New York City, or the Upper East Side, the village in the Upper East Side of New York is going to have a different school system. Some schools that are public that you never even heard of, that a student, let's say, in the Harlem area of New York will not be able to go to because they didn't know about it or things are not offered, or they've redistricized the uh, city that uh, certain children can only go to certain public schools. What happens in this case? Our public school system is suffering, and we heard all the news, so I'm not here to complain about that. In San Francisco, they're doing the same thing. Am I correct, Jay? Yes, you are. Definitely correct. Um, It's also uh, my, my daughter actually goes to Alameda schools in Alameda, California, but the Oakland side, they have different textbooks. The textbooks are a little bit older than the textbooks in certain parts of the county. So you not only do you get a different curriculum because these textbooks haven't been updated yet, over in the nicer part of town, these textbooks are newer, and uh, the additions are newer additions. So that's kind of, uh, I don't think it's fair, because but I know that that's economics. Hey, we can order new textbooks. These taxpayers over here, they can't order the new textbooks. So what you're saying is absolutely true. That's that's how it goes. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. Um, my mother went to visit Florida some time ago, and here's here's what we discovered. My mother went to Florida, and as soon as she stepped in, this was a public school. And it was in a regular neighborhood, great neighborhood, but, you know, it's different than New York and San Francisco, how we are where the disparity between middle class is apparent. And Florida is kind of, you know, down home. It's still Florida, but it's still southern. And everybody comes together in some ways in certain, in like the little college towns around the Gainesville area. It's amazing. You walk into the public school, sitting on the children's desk are notebooks and brand new textbooks and pens and paper waiting for them. 
in the in the magnet schools, which are different from the charter schools, but technically public schools, they have um, where they have children of different ethnicities. Um, where my nieces go now, they're working on laptops. They're not even working on, you know, using the hand, and 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 that's why I think that my niece is doing very well to do that. So, um, and to give you an idea, my oldest niece is 14, going on 15. She is actually uh, studying classical Chinese history right now and also singing and doing presentations in French. While my middle niece is actually doing a lot of writing and working at the library and uh, uh, playing the clarinet, and my oldest niece also is in band. My youngest niece is playing the flute. They're martial arts. They go to music camp. The reason why you might say they're children of privilege, no, they're not. Their parents are committed and dedicated to the fact that they will never be not busy doing things that keep their mind going. Do you notice that everything I named had nothing to do with the computer? Right. They're engaging their mind in various ways, martial arts, soccer, uh, music camp, and then there's also the technology. My nieces, One of my nieces has a nook. You know, they're, they're definitely, they've got the computers in the home and everything, but they engage them that these children will be so well-rounded and be able to think so well on uh, off the top of their head, it's not even funny. And the reason they've been able to do that is computers have never been allowed to dictate the direction of my family in their home. My sister-in-law and brother are not rich, but they are middle class. And they are doing what they need to to afford their children that kind of lifestyle, which means that as these children grow up, they will also be used to nothing less. You see, the environment that we raise our children in is so important because then these children will want nothing less. So when they marry, they cannot marry in a way that doesn't provide them with what they already have and more. Do you understand? Do you agree, Jay? Yep, I definitely agree. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't want to be just the one, you know, I don't want, I don't want the audience to think that, oh, Jay, do you agree? And you're just going along. I mean, what do you really think about that? You have a daughter. Yes, and um, I definitely don't want her to be realistic about about things and take things for granted because uh, that's a lot of the kids. They just assume that your daddy's supposed to buy the, the new iPad, the new iPhone, the new phone. You know, they just assume that whatever daddy they want, daddy and mommy get. And that's the wrong way to raise. I think that's the way way to raise the kid. And that's what technology has done. That because they look at all the other children at school. Well, Bobby has one. His his family bought him one. Why can't I have one? Well, the reason why I can't have one is uh. First of all, I'm not Bobby's parent, and I don't live uh, with Bobby, and I don't make as much money as Bobby's parent. And plus, you don't want your kids to think that things are more important than people. And I, I agree. You, know, you need to raise these kids to know that things are not more important than people. And that's how I raised my daughter. So I, you know, I agree. That's why I agree with you, Gail, because I think that's the right way to think. People well, are more know, important than things. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's funny you should say that, Jay, because one of the things I was speaking to also is that what was important to my sister-in-law and my brother is that they they have raised their children, and maybe because it's Florida, I don't know, but they were originally from New York, and they've raised their children in a way to be around other kids. Yes, those kids have those other things, 
but they've raised them, to, and, and my nieces are on laptops in school. I don't want to get away from that. But they've raised them, they've created such a structure at a young age with my nieces who are now 11, 12, and 14 that those, my nieces don't want for that. They were playing soccer. They were doing all kinds of things at such a young age that this was not important to them to have the latest gadgets. As a matter of fact, I told my niece, I said, I'll get you an iPad. Do you want She says, no, I don't want that. She said, you know, I can write. You know, we have a computer. That's enough for me. They've never been children. The way they were raised, they were never ch- children to focus on the materialistic things. The only, and I'm not going to tell you they didn't want a cell phone. Yes, they did. My oldest niece, you know, she would love to have Prada, Gucci, and everything else. But her parents are very cost effective, okay? And, you know, that's what we're getting back to when you said that, like, what your daughter would want. I want the public to know out there, whoever is listening in their communities, again, this is not politicizing anything, but when you're in a community that is mixed, where there's wealthy, when I say, I shouldn't say wealthy, where there's upper middle class, lower middle class, and middle middle class, those three levels can afford three different levels of things. Now, you may have schools that border in those neighborhoods that are great and not so great. We have that right here where I live. And we have some very, I mean, people who are making probably both the couples are making six figures each, which would put them over a couple of million in my neighborhood, to the person who's making two couples who are making maybe 100000 together or 75000 together. But we all live in the same community. And this community is committed to their kids having so much more. But I will also say that the people who make more are slowly stretching over to create their own environment that they feel they want their kids to have even better. You know what I mean? And at the mm-hmm. end, of the, end of the day, we need to make available education the same way across the board. We, that's important. And you, you may have some services that are above others, like private school or whatever have you, but education, and have it be a place that people want to come to. That they want the kids want to be a part of it. When you take music and physical education out of schools, okay, the child is not balanced, and then they don't have any place to put their energy. You need all of those components to balance. And textbooks, you know, Google is taking over writing down most of the textbooks. That's great, but it also can distort the truth of some of the the historical events and facts if we rely solely on that. So our children have to learn what's originally in those textbooks. They have to learn that. Otherwise, we'll be recycling and reprinting from Google manuscripts that we don't know is the truth. Right, right. I mean, that's the same thing. They they left certain books out even when the King James was uh, translated. So I'm sure Google will leave certain things out. Well, we, have to, be, we have to be careful on the religious tip, Jay, because, you know, not all yeah. of our audience <laughs> is... Well, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying that Google will read some things out. If we can do it uh, as humans, I'm pretty sure a computer could make a choice to leave certain things out of Google that won't be uh, transcribed over to, uh, over, to the yeah. Google audience. Exactly, yeah. over time. And just to let you know, audience, we are Christians, but we also know that everyone, you know, we respect the values of everyone. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, You know, one of the things that's, you know, so important, um, as I was sharing about this technology earlier, there is a a technology called PrepU, and it's on a theory that most commonly referred to as like adaptive learning. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, 
it's 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 very interesting because one of the things we're having in here in, in New York right now is a fight over um, private sector, which is the corporate companies taking over the school system. Well, the fight is that the corporate companies are more interested in the bottom line dollar than they are the effective learning of children, okay? If this happens, what's so important to people in learning, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. is, is, is going to be important. Here's the other thing. While this prep you is great, like you talked about, I know that you have an iPad, Jay, right? And yes. and you use it for business. Well, you need it for your business, and you you can't always give it to your daughter to use, Okay. There, a lot of people are believing that there's a market for direct, uh, direct, you know, market to direct from technology to student, directly to the student. While there is that there, let me reiterate to our audiences, the student doesn't always get the best. I will give you an example. I was sitting yesterday with a, a woman with her two children, Jay, okay? And sitting with her, her children were trying to figure out how to add certain things and, you know, the different math problems, not the one that's like a three plus three equals four, but the different probability. If John goes to the store and buys three oranges, but later John brings one back and returns it and didn't like it and buys an apple, you know, uh, what is the probability of this? Well, if a child goes to an iPad, they're very quick with the mind, the hand coordination, the apps and everything else. But when we found was that when she tried to, you know, figure it out, it was hard for her to switch her brain off from the computer side to now the analytical side where she had to figure it out for herself. You know what I mean? And this is such an easy problem. So it does also play with the mind as well because now you have to switch off the mechanical side that's one, two, three, robotic, to now the side where you actually have to take the time to figure something out and to think things through. This also helps children to develop their own personalities, to think situations through. That's why mathematics and physics is given at a young age, that children are able to develop how to think through normal, everyday problems. Otherwise, it becomes robotic, no patience, and you just leave it. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. those are the things, like when you talk about technology, what if that parent doesn't have access to that technology? What if that parent can't afford it? Our libraries are closing early, right? So that makes it not available for students to come into the library to use the computers in poorer areas. You know, um, apps that are not available, it will make one set of, uh, one level of economic uh, people who are in need of these things desperate to be in touch with the other. And so therefore the the, the focus will be on how do I get this technology for my child rather than teaching them to learn. So I want to say to the right. who are more in the technology phase, it's excellent that you're in the technology phase, but you will also be great to have your child also take on the writing component, the figuring it out on their own first, technology second. For those who are doing it the old-fashioned way of figuring it out, keep doing what you're doing and integrate the technology into it as, as you go along. So that would be my thought. What is your thought as a parent, Jay? Okay, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you what you think about this new problem we have with technology called technology addiction, where oh, kids Jay, and Jay, I can't let you go. Are, I can't let you go on that one. You got to answer that one, that last one. <laughs> can't let you go on that one. I saw you. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll, go, we'll, we'll go there in a minute. We'll go there. Now. I'm going to answer that one. It's, it's, when you when you don't have the means 
and you don't have the equipment to keep up, you are at a disadvantage. And, and that's very sad. And some of this technology needs to be um, somehow, um, somehow we need to be able to get some of these parents um, free technology, free, free tablets. Some of the kids, some stuff needs to be donated. So I think, we, you know, we at Listen Give will try to figure that one out to where some of these kids can have, have some technology at home so they can do things, free computers in some of the other countries, because it's, it's, it's kind of terrible when the kids can't participate. So you've got some kids growing up with technology, and you've got some kids that are just, they don't know what's going on. That's, that's a terrible thing. So we got to figure that one out, Bill, to, like you say, some of the libraries are closing. Not only are the libraries closing, then there's long lines. So when the library does close, you got kids that are shut out because there's so many people that want to use the free computing situations at the library that they didn't get to use the day, so we have to wait till tomorrow. So we definitely have to figure that one out. I, I, I don't know how we're going to do that, but maybe the schools can try to have more technology available, uh, workstations where the kids can uh, participate when they don't have the stuff at home. They can't even do their homework right now. At my um, my daughter's school, you have to have a computer to go home and do your homework so you can look at the school loop. If you don't have a computer and you don't have the money to buy one, you're going to get bad grades. That's a little concerning because how do you go to a school where you don't allow children to write? They they do everything. It's all automated. Uh, the teacher in one of her classes pretty much watches what the kids do online and how they turn in their assignments. And they send their homework home pretty much on a network called school loop, and then we, when she gets home, I get to look at her homework, what she's done, how many hours she's read, um, what she's doing in school, and all the progress is done pretty much online. And I, I think it's going to get even worse, Gail, because basically so many kids in the school, the teachers can't, uh, less teachers and more kids in the class. Well, here's the other problem. That, that comes with behavioral problems, no one to interact with the children, you know, mm-hmm. um, all of that. If you remember, there was a time on Charlie Brown, the the um, the cartoon with Charlie Brown, where we, it was like the teacher was like womp womp womp. If you remember, one of the teachers, there was not there was a there was some teachers there, but they were sometimes like womp 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 that kind of thing. I think it's <laughs> right. You, you know, I think you know, and when I, I just think it's really really important that um, we do something about this. I think it's very um, important. It's got to be a village community thing where teachers, where parents volunteer to go into the classes and be an extra teacher. That's got to be done within the community. But everything is so, technology has everything raised and nobody has time for no one anymore. It's just, everything is just blah, 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 Quick. You know, you don't, nobody has the patience to, or have the time to sit in the class with the kids. And that's where we suffer again. You need people, wow. people power. People power. <laughs> That's where we set, we suffering. That you know, even on the field trip, they always ask parents, "Can you go? Can you go on a field trip? Can you be a chaperone?" Can you? Most of the parents don't have time. Um, but this technology has sped things up so much, and you're so accessible now. You don't really have time to uh, spend that time, extra time with your kids and your loved ones. 
that needs to stop. You got to. We have to balance that out. It has to be balanced. Wow. 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 Well, you know, I just um, one of the things I wanted to bring up since many of us have Macs and and <laughs> iPads, there is a new virus called Flashback out. Okay, and we are going to be putting this on our Listen Give Facebook page so that you know what to do to get rid of this virus called the Mac Flashback Trojan. takes all your passwords and everything off your system and the same with your iPad. So we will definitely forward that over to everyone today so you can come check. And we would love for all of you to come out and li- and like our Listen Give page. There is a major revampment going on in the next week or two. And I know this show to you today may have been like, what? why are they you know, just focusing on you? We're focusing on youth because that's where our heart is, youth, music, and culture, and art, all right? And, you know, we're kind of like just, we kind of just left it open for discussion today, no guests or anything. Jay, one and I, and I just wanted to come to the table and talk about some things that were very important to us personally as two people who are part of Listen Give. Listen Give is an organization that is made up of several entities and partners, so that we can start really moving funding to nonprofit schools, everything that's needed. Because at the end of the day, we all get older and there are youth coming up behind us. We also make sure that youth are, I mean, um, adults are supported in the direction they want to go and with their own businesses and things of that nature and everything and, you know, around uh, education around art and culture. And as you know, culture is a wide open spectrum and technology and music and writing. So we support adults too. We don't want to make it sound like it's just youth, but it's really in those areas of creativity and creativity could be creating a business as an entrepreneur. So we invite you to come and, you know, be a part of Listen, give every week. We have our show every week at 3 p.m. Eastern time and 12 p.m. over there where Mr. J is on the West Coast. So, Jay, on back to the um, to the issues at hand that we're talking about here today. <laughs> yes, I wanted to say um, I've noticed like a lot of kids, they, um, they have the iPads and the Apple and they order these apps. But now it's been app addiction where I've noticed some kids they can't stop playing these apps. Uh, not, I want to get say Angry Birds, but there's other applications. Okay, Jay, that, you can't talk. Uh, okay, sorry, you can't talk about Angry Birds because I'm right there with you. <laughs> okay. Well, what I'm going to do about this is that my daughter plays the game, and uh, if she gets she has a tantrum, she can't play the game, and I had to take her off. I had to wean off this game. But Mr. I don't want to say the name of the game. What do you exactly, do? But Mr. Logan, that's what I was, that's what I was speaking to earlier. That we, you remember when I said that we are so busy with our kids downloading apps? Do you remember that statement mm-hmm. I just made about them downloading yes. apps while at the same time you take them away? From, you remember the young lady I was speaking about? She can download apps, but she can't figure out the probability of a math problem. Right. And it's not because she's dumb. It's because switching the time from getting off the, you see, it's very easy. See, and this is the whole thing. Some techno- some researchers want to go, well, if they can get a game, you know, because a game, even with me, what it does is repetitive motion. I'll keep taking the bird until I knock everything out on Angry Birds. As an example, I mean, it sounds funny, but you keep finding ways to get the bird down. If you're going to do games like chess, Scrabble, things like that, 
it's still good for the mind because that's great. But what you have to do, sometimes you have to force your child, Jay, literally have to force your child to begin to read. Uh, Take your child out more, like maybe go spend time with them at the library. Go find out the books they like to do. Spending time with the parent will also initiate the change in the child. I know one parent, he's so much on his iPad that his wife and his daughter don't even get a chance to be with him or his son. Wow. Yet I look at my brother and my sister-in-law and my nieces, their kids are so engaged as a family because they're not allowed to stay on the phone all day. They know, and, and from the time they were children, they now at 11, 12, and 14 are doing their homework on a Saturday and Friday night without being told because that was integrated and expected without being said because of the way that they began raising my nieces at a very young age. You see, when you instill that starting at that stage, and, you know, for instance, um, you might, let's say, for instance, Jay, you're there and you're on your iPad, you know, you're one of those parents who does remove your iPad from your daughter. You know what I mean? But there's a lot mm-hmm. of parents, like, let them play with the iPad while I finish doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Many of them are not thinking that way. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, how do you know you're not a parent? I've helped to raise my nieces and several other children. And and my intention is to have children. But you don't have to be a parent to, to, to turn out to be one of the best mothers or fathers that there ever can be. You know, I've had the privilege of helping to raise a lot of young children, a privilege. And and so I have to say that it's the most um, amazing thing. It's just an amazing thing to see children grow. When we engage them and sometimes direct them in places that they don't want to go. Um, You always tease me about the breathing, Jay. But one of the greatest (laughs) things about me seeing children take those breathing courses, I've had children come up to me and say, I didn't know that I existed. Wow. And I don't know if the audience is getting that or if you got it, Jay. By sitting and breathing for a period of time, you remember when Hitesh Munga came on from Art of Living and he said how kids, I mean, literally, they have proven studies that their meditation and everything, just breathing for five minutes or ten minutes, that child's brain then becomes focused and they're able to go back to their studies and get this, write their work out with a paper and pen. It refocuses that, mind. I think that I think that's really to see how that can work and I and I and I agree with you now. Uh you're absolutely right. And if uh, a lot of the kids in school will breathe It'll solve a lot of problems because they could take a chance. It gives you time to think about what you're going to do next, too. You know, like with the with the, leading, leading up to the like if they took a chance, if they took that time to take some breaths, they would probably make different decisions. I, I totally agree. And um, today, you know, guess who we're going to bring on? America's teen esteem machine. So you know, I know he's been listening to our conversation, and he's going to have a lot to say. I think you know that, right, Jay? So yes, without without further ado, we're going to bring on Matt. Matt, 
Hey, Matt, how are you today? Good afternoon, Gail. Jay, doing well, thanks. How are you yourself? We're doing well, Matt. We took a break from some of our esteemed guests, which I hope they're okay with that. And we're really talking today about something right up your alley. I don't know if you had an opportunity to listen to our show today. You see it? Yes, I, I have, Miss. And we are yeah. just, you know, we took the time, Matt, out this week, you know, to really just sit back and take a look at what we thought, you know, we don't have enough time today, but really thought what's near and dear to Listen, Give, and share with our audience in some direction that Listen, Give will be going in. But most importantly, what's going to make a difference with youth around music, art, culture, education, as well as adults. It's not just about youth because you've got to support adults, whether they have kids or not, because they're going to be role models either way, the everyday person. And looking at how economics plays a part in what our youth get, you know, what our youth have access to, um, depending on the neighborhood you live in, might be the school that's offered. Depending on the neighborhood you live in, there's some parents who have never left the neighborhood, you know. So we're talking about all of this, who has access to technology, you know, libraries closing, you know, uh, not having enough youth programs available to our youth, no matter what level you're in, and that youth are the same all over, and if they don't have access to the same things, well, they're going to differ because they don't have that access. So any thoughts on what we've been sharing before we go into your favorite and famous quote of every show? Well, I think, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's all incredible stuff, and, and uh, uh, I regret not being able to be available for the entire show to hear everything that was being discussed. But um, as for the role model, the role model tip, um, as for you know, mothers and fathers and, and peers and cousins, and just grown adults in general are, are such powerful role models for for young kids, uh, preteen and and teenagers. And it's, I, I just think it's something that a lot of a lot of older people, you know, whether whether they're 18 or whether they're 60, just fail to continuously remember is that we're always being watched. And that's something you just you just touched upon that we're always being watched and. The younger, the younger generations are always looking at us, looking towards us to find what it means to be an older, whatever, whatever we might be. If you know they see us as successful, then they then they watch us to see what successful people look like. If they see us as, you know, uh, in a good relationship, then then they look at us and they and they see things in us and and, and they learn from just watching us. And it's not so much what we say, but it's what we do. And uh, then I could add to what you were just talking about. I mean, there could definitely be the emphasis on remembering that we're not just doing things aimlessly, that we're actually every single thing we do, we're being a role model to the younger generations that are watching us. Wow. Well, you know, I, I can honestly tell you um, one of the things, Matthew, that I think and Jay think has been important, you know, and Jay, please echo in here, is that um, – It's 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 really scary, Matt, these days that, about the fact that, you know, students are – I was just sharing with uh, Jay how there's a student right here across the street from where I live, and she's so good with the iPad, you know, Matt, so good with the iPad. But when it came to sitting down and doing those regular math problems that you and I did as kids, Matt, she couldn't figure it out. It took her longer, and it was a very easy math problem, and she just did two weeks ago. 
But we saw how when she got off the iPad, she couldn't. She had to switch her brain around from automatic now to actually using her brain. Wow. Because it's just automatic. You know, think about it when you're playing a game, Matt. You're in a sports game like Madden or whatever. You just know what to do. You know what I mean? Or you kind of know the strategy you want to go in. But then you get sure. off the computer and now you've got to switch over to writing or figuring something out and thinking. You know, for adults who like you and I and, and Jay who have been through having both technology and the other, and we know how to utilize both, and these kids who are just growing up in technology, they get frustrated very quickly because it's automatic gratification with technology, whereas when you have to figure it out on your own, you want to give up. So, Matt, my question to you is, as someone who works with you, as someone who has their own business, okay, and you, you, you're still a, a, you know, you're a very young person yourself. You know, what do we say to these parents and what do we say to these kids? Because automatic gratification means like, like you, Matt, if they want to start a business, you know, starting a business is not easy. They'll give up very quickly because we're teaching them technology-wise automatic gratification. A web page doesn't, you know, um, come up quick enough. We, we're like, forget it, you know. And you may not think that plays into the long term, but it does, as when you use your, as when you do both, and you use sure. your mind to figure out a math problem. You know how? I mean, literally, Matt. I know it's a long question, but you're out there every day with these parents. How do we? Yeah. How do we work with these kids to get them and the parents to get them to see the importance of both sides? Yeah. <clears throat> it's, I mean, no, that's, I mean, one of the reasons why I started my coaching, my one-on-one coaching program is just exactly that right there, is to get kids enrolled and being active in their own lives and not just sitting and kind of sitting on the sidelines and taking a, taking a back seat, sitting in the passenger seat of their life and uh, just kind of, you know, enjoying the views, but to really get them involved, to get them uh more intimately connected with their life experience. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's something that the reason why I started the coaching, my, my coaching program is because it's something that really needs to, it needs to be present. Something that needs to be present within the household. It needs to be present. Things such as uh, sitting down eating dinner as a family. Mm. That's huge. Um, things well, like definitely. spending time at night, maybe like with a, um, you know, with with not not with the television on, playing a board game with the family, um, having having you know, having student having uh, teenagers and parents all come over to a house at once and all interact in a group setting where there's you know, not a party, it's more just a hangout, more just a little scene, and the just the, the social interaction and. Uh, and 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 again, having the mentors, and they like the. I just got back from Vegas this morning, and I flew out to Vegas to go sit down for six hours with with one of my coaches. I flew to Vegas just for that. That's how important co- uh, having a, having a coach in my life is to me. Somebody that I really admire, really look up to, really want what this guy has. That I I, I was that willing. And that's that's how real it is to me. And um, 
And so just for the for the, for them to really have role models, I mean, because like you said, starting a business isn't easy. Being in relationships isn't easy. I mean, nothing in life nothing in life is easy, but it's a lot easier when you have somebody to turn to and talk about it with. Well, you know, well, Matthew, and going back around to what you just said, you know, that important thing, you know, even before we get into the mentors, that piece that you said about sitting down together as a family, you know what I mean, Jay? And, and Matt, mm-hmm. sitting down together as a family and eating, Matt, just what you said about Matt, you know, them going, a bunch of teenagers and maybe their family members going over and hanging over at a friend's house where they're just hanging out, and it, it, it creates connection between the children and adults without it having to be said. But the piece that I go back to you with Matt on that I think is so crucial in what, you, what you've just shared is the fact that you're doing this one-to-one coaching and the fact that you are not on the computer. I never heard you say iPad. They're actually engaging and having social interaction. They're not on technology. They're not on the television. They're actually having fun with each other. They're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very, very important. You know, um, you know, you have you had the patience to go out and sit with your coach in Vegas because there's something that he has to offer that you want. You know what I mean? So if you were sitting on a computer all the time, you wouldn't. You may not have thought that way. And the and the main point that I'm getting at too, Matt, and we're going to hand this over to you, is that um, what I'm noticing is that if people if a child, let's say a 17-year-old is like, I'm fed up with the computer, this is not working, and then they go to do something else, they have no patience for it. How are they going to have patience to go fly out to Vegas and get what a coach wants because they'll give up before they even get there because our technology is training them that way. So that's the question I have, have to you. How do we get them from that point of being patient enough to, to create themselves the way you're creating yourself? Uh, well, I mean, that's that's the that's the big question. <laughs> uh, you, what is it that has to change within it, within an individual for them to for them to have that desire? And um, and really, what what I've come up with is that their desire needs to be clear enough. And then and once, and once I came up with that, I came to realize that you know I was I was suicidal at 21 and. I never chose what I desired my life to be. I just kind of went by the seam, seam of my pants, and wherever it went, it went. What other people were doing, I would do, and what I thought, you know, how I would just do whatever. It kind of came by. I never really chose being a loving, caring, responsible man. I never really chose that I want to be a successful businessman. I never really chose that I wanted to be in a loving, intimate relationship. I never chose that I wanted to have friends that knew me and knew every you know knew knew everything about me and live a life as an, as an open book. I I chose to try to, to try to fit in. I chose to just keep on trying to be like everybody else. And when I really got clear and stepped outside of the box, so I mean, so what what I what I, what I really think the answer to the question is, <clears throat> and in my book, uh, my book Fifty Tools to Success and Personal Power for the High School Student. There's a reason why I put three action guides in the beginning of the book. And that is the reason for the three action guides. One is the blueprint. The next one is the foundation. And the third is the 75 success principles where each student looks each each success principle up in the dictionary and defines what they all mean as a way for them to become 
to begin to relate to what success principles are because it's so it's so important that you know I never I never valued integrity and now it's one of the most it's up, up top five most important things in my life. It's that one simple word. I never valued you know, on, you know, honesty when I was younger, and now it's something that it doesn't falter because I chose that. That's how I, how that that's how I live my life. And so I think the real science is to that because if we try you try to change somebody, they're resistant. Nobody wants to be changed, but everybody wants to change if it's their choice. Yet that that's that that's the huge crux right there. Nobody wants to be changed, but everybody wants to make a change if it's their choice. So our job is to present our really ourselves because like I said, they they look at our actions more than they do our words. So to present ourselves in a way that we're attractive to all the youth that looks up to us and sees us and they say, I want what that guy has. I don't want what the what the you know, drug dealer has. I don't want what the hip-hop artist has. I, and, and I don't want what the, you know, whatever, whatever it might be has, the guy in the gang has. You know, I don't want... All the artificial stuff. When they see people like us, and they see how we're presenting ourselves, that's really what speaks the truest. And from there, they can make their own decision to make a change in their life. And at that point, you know, at that point, they have the opportunity to, uh, to really open that door to, to create a life beyond the wildest dreams. Matt, I have to. Matt, I have to tell you, I really, really love what you're sharing today. I so love what you've just shared. I mean, Jay, can you really hear like what he's saying? I think that's so powerful that when we realize that we can support our young people in getting to a place of being clear and making those changes for themselves. Um, Matt, there's an old saying that we have, and that is you can tell a person anything from here to there, but if they don't experience it themselves, it won't make a difference. They'll learn. They'll hear it from us and get it for ten seconds, but they experience it themselves. They'll get it for a lifetime. That's right. Anything you want to share? You could teach a man to fish. You give a man a fish. You feed him for a meal. You teach a man to fish. You feed him for life. Right. <laughs> exactly. What are your thoughts, Jay? I love what Matt. Oh, I, I, agree, I, I agree with with, with Matt saying, and I really appreciate those thoughts that he's saying because that's pretty much the truth. But we got to get the village and the town involved. And, I mean, just like we have town hall meetings in other situations, we need block meetings for these kids to where the village can get together and make sure that these kids engage one another. That's so important because that's what's missing out of our society. Nobody knows anybody anymore. Remember when we were kids, you could walk down the street and, uh, old Farmer John says, hey, Matt, I'm going to tell your mom, what are you doing in these parts of town? You should be on your part of the town. I'm calling her right now, and your guys are at the old fishing <laughs> hole, and there's nobody supervising you. We need to get back to those old days. We need to get the back to where everybody participates in these children's lives. Everybody should know everybody within a certain radiance. You know, people should know each other. We don't have that 
that net anymore. So once we get back to that, then we can kind of uh, curve these kids' lives and, and grow them like plants so they can be successful people. We have to make and build our future uh, pretty much. And so we need to get the, the, uh, the, the communities to help out, to have meetings about the kids in their communities because the kids are just running wild. Well, you know what else I like? If person knew a kid in your city, it would make the city a better city because there will be a connection and the kids won't be so wild. So I'll, we need to try to fight back and get that sense of, sense of community again. And you know what, what I love. I right? Thanks, Jay. And you know yep. what I love. I, I also love about what Matt said too is that by us giving the kids, Jay and Matt, I, I love this piece, Matt, when you talked about choice because by us giving, you know, we we as adults think we know what kids want and we don't. So by giving them choice, they really talk to us and they really connect. I love the piece about also what Matt said about the kids getting together and hanging out with the adults and just going over to a friend's house with other adults. You're not telling the kid that they have to to come together. They're literally, you know, there's a, you know, they're literally choosing that. So this is, I think it's so great. And I, you know, we've gone into overtime here, but this is going to be heard by our listeners after. And I'm loving this. So Matt, thank you for really sharing this and staying with us a little later than you usually do. Very cool. My pleasure, always. And guys, with this, all of this said, is there any last words, Matt? Is there any last words, or Jay, any last words, to the audience? No. What about, and what about <laughs> you, Matt? Yeah, no, no. I think what we discussed is really powerful, and it's uh, it's all the truth. And I, I really like what Jay was saying too about really getting the communities involved, and and it's uh. <clears throat> It's it's all true stuff, and you know it's um sometimes it's easy to get overwhelmed with the big picture, and that that's why <clears throat> personally that's why I take it in one team at a time. You know, and I think that's great. And you know, you remember that old saying, Matt? Keep it simple, stupid. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, when we were kids, we used to say that. We used to say, "Keep it simple, stupid." <laughs> you know. So it's um you know great guys. It was great to be on the air with you and. Uh, Matthew and Jay, next week we have an amazing lineup, and we're not going to tell our audience what it is because it's going to be fantastic. And, Matt, we have a surprise for you, too, next week. Very cool. Very cool. Looking forward to it. All right, guys. Have a wonderful Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Jay. Okay. All right, bye. Bye.